1: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We have one guest lined up for you today. Uh, Jared Smalley from our Next Star station in Columbus, Ohio. He's the sports director there uh, at the... Uh, the next star television station. He's set to join us in about twenty minutes from now. As we preview Syracuse, Ohio State. Uh, other than that, full lines will be open for the final ninety minutes of the show. We'll delve into some SU football. Uh, the uh, the bowl bids set to be announced on Sunday. And we're going to talk a lot of basketball on the show today as well. Good to hear that that Jim Beheim, uh, Seth is at least talking to someone. So, for the second straight game, John Rothstein, on top of things, uh told us that Frank Howard would be starting against Colgate, and now apparently Pascal Chuku will be ready to roll against the Buckeyes. Who knew they were such good friends? i don't I don't know we these things go in cycles, but apparently uh John Rothstein is in good graces currently <laughs> That's, I don't get it. That's strange, okay. Anyway, it's important because they need him out there, and they need him to play a heck of a lot better than he did down in New York, as we saw, You know, especially Oregon, and, and well, UConn for no, that matter. The, bowl, the, U- both UConn t- one,
0: the UConn one is more, more staggering and more confusing and, and, and concerning for well, me. Well, ball went off th- in no, the Oregon game. Uh, yes, but there's one of him. True. There's, there's only he one of He also weighs him. about
1: 150 pounds.
0: No, I know, but, but look, at, look at Eric Cobb. And look at what they're facing tonight in Caleb Wesson. Caleb Wesson is 6'9", 270. I I mean, sure, that's Eric Cobb. Sure. You know, and and every team has one of those guys. So that that's why that game was more concerning to me, and, and the effort that we we saw out of the middle of the defense was more concerning, because there are a bunch of guys like Eric Cobb who are 6'10", big-bodied, and and who can go put up points if they're given the right opportunity. Uh, and, and this is one of them. I mean, Caleb Weston is a significantly better player than Eric Cobb. He's averaging 15.6 rebounds this season, um, and, and is playing really well for Ohio State. Syracuse has to find a way to contain him. And, and if you can't contain the four-year senior who averages three points over the course of his career, how are you, how are you containing this guy?
1: Yeah, I mean, they, that is the, the key to tonight's game, as as I see it. I mean, that and whether or not Syracuse can make shots, because we saw against UConn, we saw against Oregon, they didn't shoot the ball well. They haven't shot the ball well, really, from, from three-point range all season. They got back on track in the second half against Colgate, but a lot of that was getting to the basket. A lot of that was, you know, Tyus Battle you know back to his natural position. Although Jerry says, you know, Frank Howard coming back didn't affect the offensive end all that much, but it did affect the defensive end. Tyus looked a lot more comfortable, looked a lot more like himself against Colgate, was 8-for-10 from the field. He was getting to the basket. O'Shea Brissett getting to the basket. Elijah Hughes getting to the basket. Um, They're going to have to make some shots from the outside tonight, and the interior defense is going to have to be a a heck of a lot better uh, than it was down in New York. You look at this game, Seth, and and when the schedule was first released— and this, you know, ACC Big 10 challenge was announced. I think we all looked at it and were like, "Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's a nice that's game. It's a nice game, you know, on the road at Ohio State. You know, they they might be they might be okay. Um this has now become I don't think it's overstating it to say this is the centerpiece of the non-conference schedule now for Syracuse. After the wasted opportunity in New York, this is it. I mean, do you see another quadrant 1 win? In non-conference, I mean that would mean that Buffalo or Saint Bonaventure or Georgetown would finish in in I the top Buffalo, thirty. I think I mean, Buffalo maybe, could. Maybe I think, they I did think, last year, right?
0: And and that's why I say, it. and Buffalo is a top a top twenty-five in the AP poll. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna put more weight in that than the sure. net rankings for right now. But I you know I I do think that. Buffalo could end up in that spot, but this is the most obvious one because it's on the road, because road wins are weighted heavily, and because uh, Ohio State would have to drop out of the top 75 in order for this to not be a quadrant one win, and they started at one, so you would have to have something go terribly wrong for you to drop from 1 to 75 over the course of this season. So I, th- I think that for that reason, this is the most obvious and this is the centerpiece of of the non-conference schedule. And, and certainly, it's at a different level than we thought it was going to be coming into the year. I mean, we both thought it was going to be a good game. I don't think anybody expected them... Ohio State to be this good.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're undefeated right now, 16th in the country, number two in the net rankings. They were number one uh, when the initial rankings came out. Texas Tech, now the nation's number one team uh, in the net rankings. Whoa. Um, But you look at this. (laughs) I still don't understand these, by the way. Well, again, some of, has to no do with the, some of it has to do with the sample size. It's a small sample size. Things will shake themselves out. But getting back to Buffalo for a moment, yes, they have a chance to be a quadrant one win. Syracuse would need to win that game at home and then hope that Buffalo stays, you know, within the top thirty in the country. In order for, you know, a mid major like that to stay within the top thirty, they're gonna have to be extra special. And we saw them last year. Buffalo had a great year. They gotta repeat that if that's gonna be a quadrant one win. And I don't know if you can rely on Buffalo to stay within the w- within the top thirty. So for me, I mean this this game becomes the centerpiece of the non-conference schedule. And and you look at, you know, not only is it their last road game until January 5th, but it really is their last chance in in my opinion to earn one of those resume building wins. And if they lose it, now all of a sudden and, and again, it's not like the sky is falling, but all of a sudden you've put yourself you know behind like you've got some ground to make up if you lose this game and you've got 3 losses at this stage and and no quality wins you've put yourself behind the 8 ball a little bit and not to say they can't get out of it we know they're talented we know they were picked to finish you know in the top 4 or 5 of the conference depending on on who you ask and there're going to be a lot of chances for quality wins in the conference but again you don't want to rely on that you want to steadily build up your resume and a loss tonight I don't want to say it would be devastating but it would put you behind schedule certainly
0: It would put you behind the eight ball. It really would. Because look at what has gotten Syracuse into the tournament in recent years. It was, you know, in twenty uh, in 2016, it was a combination of things. It was a win at Cameron Indoor in conference. But it was also the battle for the Atlantis, right, when they, they won all those games down in the Bahamas. That got them into the tournament as safely as it did. You know, and, and I, I think that sometimes that kind of thing is overlooked. Like last year it ended up being that Buffalo win. You've got to win a game like this. You can't you can't go through your non-conference schedule, not play anybody, not win or or not win the games against anybody who's decent and expect to make the NCAA tournament. You have to do really heavy lifting in the in conference play if that's the case. And look, we know the ACC. We know the ACC is going to be really, really good this year. Um, it's hard to do that heavy lifting. It's hard to go win. 10 11 12 13 games in your in your ACC schedule when you're having Duke twice when you have Louisville twice when you have uh, you know UNC and Virginia and and everybody who's on the schedule you can't just assume that you're going to go win 13 games in conference and and I mean look if you do then great because it means that you have a lot of quality wins but you have to win a game at some point here in the non-conference and and I know that the early season it was well Frank wasn't healthy and if Frank comes back and you're still not winning the games, how much credence can you put into the, well, Frank wasn't healthy when those games happened?
1: Yeah, and again, we talked to Jerry McNamara yesterday, and he he says he doesn't buy it. That gives the, the team excuses and lets them off the hook for what happened in New York, and, and he doesn't want to let them off the hook. And, and I guess maybe I should clarify when I say this, You know, a loss tonight would put them behind the eight ball. The, the UConn loss is really the one that put them behind the eight ball, because if they had beaten UConn, and then even if they lost to Oregon and... You know, to to Ohio State tonight, that's not behind the eight ball. The, no, the one that puts but, you behind the eight ball is the fact you lost to UConn at right. Madison Square Garden. So I guess I should clarify that. Um, and, and I'm not willing to say that if they lose tonight, you know, oh, the, this team is headed for the bubble. I think it's a little early for that. I mean, it's still November. But again, you've got to be extra good, you know, extra special. Um, to to pull yourself out of this and to and to then get ahead of schedule and off the bubble and safely in the tournament and you know let's be honest the, the goal this year wasn't to make the tournament or make the the second weekend the goal this year was to you know to make a special run and in order to make a special run you want to have a high you know as high a seed as possible so you know this game again I don't want to say it 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 determines whether or not this team falls on the bubble but this game could determine you know whether or not Syracuse will find itself in position to get a high seed. You know, come Selection Sunday, and and I don't think that's overstating it that I know it's November, but and there's a lot of basketball to be played. You need a win like this, though, in your non-conference.
0: Yes, you do. And and to the point that you just made, this year was not about just getting to the NCAA tournament and saying, hey, let's let's see what happens. This year, uh, there were higher expectations. Some of them I thought might have been a, li- a little too much, but I, I think that there were higher expectations. Uh, you know, my, my expectation of this team was for them to be a top twenty-five team. I still think that they can be. I still think that they can be that good. Um, you know, they they still should be able to make a run in in March, and and obviously that's a crapshoot. Nobody really knows, but those are kind of the expectations. It's not, hey, let's just get there. You know, they, they there were thoughts around this program that this team was good enough to do something special, and now all of a sudden, if you lose tonight, you're back in the same position that you've
1: been uh, for for what the last five years? Let me point this out. So the new polls came out on Monday... And the, the AP and coaches poll, Syracuse lost a, a considerable considerable amount of votes in both polls to the point where they're out of the top thirty-five, and that means you're on the bubble. If you're out of the top thirty-five in, you know, they're they're like twelfth in the others receiving votes right. category, that means you're on the bubble. And these teams have almost flip flopped where we thought they'd be. Right? I mean, Ohio State is sixteenth in the country. That's right about where we thought Syracuse would be to start the season. That's right where they were to start the season in that you know fifteen to twenty range. Again, depending on what poll you were looking at, they've now flip flopped. Ohio State's gotten. Off to the good start. They've beaten Creighton. They've beaten Cincinnati. They've taken care of business out of conference. They're 16th in the country, and now SU is you know barely receiving votes, receiving you know like seven, eight, nine votes. Um, That means they're on the bubble. So, and, and that's why this game takes on extra importance because if you lose this one, you really don't have a chance to get another true quality win until what? I mean, I you know I guess at Notre Dame. Notre Dame we would think would fall within the top 75. Uh, in the net rankings, I suppose that would be a quadrant one win, and then outside of that, you're going to Duke on January 14th. I don't know if if you want to you know bank on that being your first quality win of the year uh, because Duke looks awfully good. I mean, you're talking about going another you know month, month and a half before you have an opportunity at a game like this. That's a long time. Yes, it's a very long time. We're gonna be talking like if they lose tonight, we're gonna be having the same conversation repeatedly for the next five weeks, on and off.
0: If they lose tonight, we're having this same conversation until Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, like and 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 just think about how long that feels. Like just think about how far away Martin Luther King Day feels. Six weeks, (laughs) and we're gonna be having this same conversation heading into that weekend. Because they, they they need to win this game. They they need to win a game like this. You, you've got to be able to go and put wins on the board in, in not-so-fun environments, in not-so-nice places. And playing a top-20 team in their building, you've got to win this game at some point if you want to get your season back on track. So you win it tonight, you win it at Duke, you win at North Carolina, like whatever game you want
1: to pick, you've got to win one of them. Let me let me throw this out there just as I'm looking at the schedule Seth. Um you could make the case that Syracuse has maybe 5 home games on its schedule that would be quadrant 1 wins. Clemson is it, that's plausible. That's January 9th. That's a home game. Um Florida State I think could be, you know, within the top 30. Certainly Louisville. Louisville came up with a big win last night against Michigan State. Certainly Duke and Virginia. Um Four or five games inside the carry dome. That's it. That's it. So you got to win away from the dome. You got to win a, against a, a good quality opponent away from the dome. And, you know, you, you'll have opportunities in the ACC, but again, do you really want to rely on that? I, no. I don't think so. And,
0: and you can't. And, and I think that we've seen over the last couple of years that you can't just rely on that. You can't just rely um, on. Your ACC schedule, you know, as as great as it might be, as nice as it is, as as great a benefit as it is that you play in the best conference in the country, you can't just sit back and rely on that. And and I think that we've seen that enough times, uh, over the you know over the course of of the last couple of years. You know, you mentioned, uh, so you on you mentioned the the teams that are in the top thirty ish, right? That would be the the uh, the quadrant, quadrant one, one at home. Um, I'm looking at the BPI because right now I put more stock in that than the net rankings. They're they're just all over the place. Uh, But North Carolina is one, Virginia two, Duke five, Virginia Tech nine, NC State 12, Florida State 15, Clemson at 31, Miami 37, Syracuse 28th. You know, so if you're going off the BPI, which I know the. That's not what they're going to use, but you've got teams in the ACC who are in the top 40. I mean, that's nine teams in the conference, including yourself, who are in the top 40 of the BPI. Uh, 12 of the teams are in the top 70. So, like, you're, you're going to have chances at wins, but I, I think that it, like, you've got to win something. Outside of your conference, and and my
1: point is the the ones I rattled off, like they don't play North Carolina at home, they don't play NC State at home, they don't play Virginia Tech at home, Uh, they don't play Notre Dame at home. So you're talking about you know again a limited amount of opportunities you know inside the dome where it's it's obviously easier to win. Um, And easier to pick up those quadrant one wins. So this is a big game tonight, I think, for a lot of reasons. And I, I certainly don't think we're overstating it. We do need to take a timeout. When we return, we'll bring on Jared Smalley from the Next Star Station in Columbus, Ohio. As we break down this matchup between Syracuse and Number 16 Ohio State, keep it here. We're just getting started on Orange Nation. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Jumper on the way. Good. Tyus
0: Battle nails the three. Dungy. Leaps and into the end zone for Dungy. A touchdown. If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Howard. Oh! Jack. Soaring through
1: the air. High-flying Slovakian.
0: Screen pass here. He'll get one. And he stays alive, but he's got room. To the ten. One man to beat. He'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse. And for Syracuse, party time. The upset the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27-24. to The penetration. Step back. A pressure bucket for Tyus Battle.
1: This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Again, phone lines open at 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. Uh, we can certainly talk some SU basketball if you'd like. Uh, we spent uh, all of our number one uh, previewing tonight's matchup between Syracuse and Ohio State in Columbus. We're going to switch gears. We're going to talk some football, though, here in hour number two. And, and we kick off the second hour uh, with the, the big awards being released by the ACC Football Conference. We you know had the Coach of the Year yesterday and Defensive Rookie of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year. The year uh, today, we get the ACC Player of the Year, and I don't think there's there's really any surprise who that is. Uh, but Travis Etienne wins uh, ACC Player of the Year. Uh, the, the it's a good thing. It's a good thing Clemson learned that five weeks into the season, yeah, isn't it? Right. Uh, the Defensive Player of the Year, uh, it was a battle between Christian Wilkins and Cleveland Farrell, and Farrell wins that by eight votes. Uh, Clemson dominated the awards, and and obviously for good reason. Dabo Sweeney named Coach of the Year, Trevor Lawrence named uh, Rookie of the Year, Travis Etienne, Player of the Year, and uh, Cleveland Farrell uh, named uh, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. So so pretty much a sweep. Andre Cisco yes. kept it from being a sweep by winning Defensive Rookie of the Year, but uh, Clemson <laughs> I think cleaned it's... up.
0: I think it's funny that in the overall player of the year voting, uh, Christian Wilkins got 14 votes, and Cleland Farrell got two, and then Cleland Farrell beat him by eight votes in the defensive player of the year voting, which means that there was a large portion of the of the voting base that was like, he played offense.
1: That's the difference.
0: That's, that's why he's the player of the year. Multidimensional. That's right. hilarious.
1: That is funny. Um, I also, how do you
0: how do you end up in, and and this is not just an Eric Dungy thing because there are a few others who have this. How do you end up with fewer votes for your uh, for your specific side of the ball player of the year than you do for overall player of the year? Like if you like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I'm I'm using you as the example because you're you're you voted in this thing, right? I did. So in theory, if you voted. For Eric Dungy to be the ACC Player of the Year, what do you think? You have to vote for him. So, not, not that like by rule you have to, but like in theory, shouldn't right. you vote for him for Offensive Player of the Year? So,
1: three people voted for Dungy for Offensive Player of the Year. Four people voted for Dungy for ACC Player of the Year. So, I think it stands to reason that he got one of one of the you know the people that were a defensive a, def- a defensive vote right. He, I, I guess like what I, I think um, I, that's the only way you can explain it um yeah
0: he must have gotten one of the 16 votes that went to a defensive player
1: yeah I think that's the only way you can explain it
0: I don't know it's 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 strange because wait no that would go the other way that would go the opposite way that would mean he has more that would mean he has more votes. Like Ryan Finley has nine votes as offensive player and eight and as eight player. player of the year. That means so he, he got he one lost of the one votes. of his votes
1: to a defensive player. Right, I see what you're saying.
0: It's the opposite. Yeah, like that. That makes no you're right. sense to that, me.
1: That does make no sense.
0: How do you how do you think a player is the best player in the conference, but not the best offensive or defensive player?
1: So like Travis Etienne got 32 votes right. uh, offensive player of the year and 22 for player of the year. So he lost ten of his votes to a defensive player. Yeah, theoretically, in theory. Okay, you're right. It doesn't work the other. It way. It doesn't work the other way around. At all, I don't know. I don't know unless somebody clicked the wrong name by accident. It, it was you know one guy <laughs> because that's that's the way it was. It was like you you basically it was a it was a you know a, you did it on a computer. It was all of computerized course. obviously, and you just clicked on the guy. So maybe he you were punching chads through the maybe through well, it's not like you had to type out Eric Dungey in a box. You know what I mean? Oh, you okay. just clicked on his name. So maybe they they clicked on the wrong name. I don't know. Um, I had Etn winning the, the ACC Player of the Year. I, I do have to. I did want to bring up something that um, that came up on the Orange Nation Television show last night in regards to Clemson. Julian Wiggum said to me uh, after the show we were off air, and he said we were talking about um, you know the the possibility of you know if Alabama loses to Georgia, is Alabama still in the playoff? And we yes. we got on the topic of well, does the same hold true for Clemson? And he said that he thinks there is more of a chance that Pitt would beat Clemson than Georgia would beat Alabama. Even though Georgia is, you know, fourth in the country right now, it's one versus four. Uh, he thinks that Alabama is that good. He thinks that there's a better chance Pitt beats Clemson than Georgia beats Alabama. You agree with that? No. I don't think Pitt's very good. I don't think Pitts very good either. And he agrees that he doesn't think Pitts very good. That's how good he thinks Alabama is. He thinks Alabama has nothing to worry about in this I mean, game I think, against Georgia. I
0: think Alabama they're is They're
1: probably both gonna
0: win. They're go, they're look, they're both going to win. Alabama might win by thirty like they they are that good. Uh I agree I agree with it in that regard. Like Alabama is that good. And and I don't think that there's going to be anybody uh Georgia or or Clemson or Notre Dame or Oklahoma or Ohio State or UCF or whoever you want to put in that fourth spot. I don't think there's going to be anybody who comes close to to getting them in in the playoff or this weekend. But uh I,
1: I don't think Pitt's good. Like, I I think Pitt has no chance. And I think part of his point was that Clemson hasn't really been tested all that much, and when they have been tested, they've struggled. They they got tested against Texas A&M, and they were fortunate to win that game. They got tested against Syracuse. They were fortunate to win that game. They weren't even tested this past weekend against South Carolina. They pulled away, but it it took them a little bit, and, and I think his point was... He's not sure that you know Clemson is legitimately the number two ranked team in the country. That you know they've won all their games, but they've feasted on a, an ACC conference that's been a little bit down. And you know they were able to survive that scare with Syracuse and, and made a, a couple plays at the end of the Texas A and M game, um, while you know Alabama's just throttling everyone. But wait, but I, I don't. Alabama hasn't been tested either. Like it, they like, played LSU and they they beat, they beat them what 29 to nothing. Yes. I mean that's that is but <laughs> but they haven't like, LSU, they haven't been in a close game. They
0: haven't LSU, yes, but that sure, speaks LSU to LSU how good better, they are. LSU is better than anybody Clemson's played this year. Fine. But like this idea that that Clemson like, Clemson's not
1: going to get in a has close Clemson game. Has Clemson blown out a good team. No. Right. But but Alabama has. I think that's well, his point. Well, I mean is LSU good? Yes. Yes, and they it was I mean, there was there was no chance LSU was going to score in that game. That's how good no. Alabama was. Is,
0: here's, okay, here's the question about Clemson. Is is NC State good? No. Were they good when they played? No. Okay. I mean, they were top 20 team
1: when think, they played. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's, again, you have to Clemson, put somebody in the Clemson poll.
0: Clemson won by 45. <sighs> you know, like, I... I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but the fact that they they won by 60 against Wake Forest, they won by 35 against NC State, they won by four, uh, 50 against Florida State, they won by 60 against Louisville. You, but they beat they you, beat Boston College by 20. Like they they haven't been in a, in an even remotely close game since the Syracuse game. And so I I don't. You think, just named
1: five teams that aren't good though. It, that that's my point. But Is that it's not good. Uh, okay. <laughs> You, listen, it's also not. I, good. Didn't, I didn't say this, Seth. Like I did, this was not my statement. But you
0: did just say so. I have, I, I have to take it out on you because you're here.
1: I was, I was paraphrasing what Julian said last night, and it caught me off guard because I thought to myself, "Well, there's no way Clemson's going to lose to Pittsburgh, and it's one versus four. I tend to agree with you. I'm just telling you what he said, and and and. I'm not totally dismissing what he said either, because when I think about it, you know, you just rattled off five teams that that aren't good. I know NC State's going to win nine games. They're they're okay, but they're they feasted on a watered down ACC. They did sure, and they're they're two tough games. And, and Syracuse they and they Texas A&M. Way? They barely survived and both it, of them. Okay, that.
0: See, for me, that's rationale why they're not going to do anything in the playoff. Who do they play this week? They play somebody from the bad side of the watered-down
1: okay. ACC. Yeah, but you're getting hung up on, like, he wasn't predicting that Clemson was going to lose. He said, I think, his point was about Alabama. His point was, I Alabama think there's a better so chance, good. as ridiculous as it sounds, I think there's a chance that Pitt could beat Clemson. There's more of a chance of that happening than Alabama losing to the number 4-ranked team in the country because I think Alabama is that good. Like, that was his point. And I don't necessarily disagree with him when I think about it. Like, when he first said it, I was like, what? But I I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I don't disagree. I, I disagree with him
0: just because as good as Alabama is, and I don't think that there will be anything, I don't think there's anybody who's slowing them down, I give Georgia a much better chance to slow down somebody than I give Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's not good. And so I can't say that I think there's... There's a better chance that they'll go in and give Clemson a game because I think there's no chance they go in and give Clemson a game.
1: Okay. That's fair. And I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong either. I think I I, I, I buy both arguments. Neither team is losing. I mean, that's no, the bottom line. Is there, you know, probably, most likely, Clemson and Alabama are gonna win and win easily. Um, but that was his point that he thinks Alabama is that good and he doesn't think the the playoffs are gonna be close. He thinks, you know, you might as well just Crown Alabama right now.
0: Yes. Can we make a playoff with everybody except Alabama? Can we can we make a can we make an all-star game Alabama versus the best <laughs> of the other 3 teams in the playoff? That game would be far more interesting.
1: That would be fun.
0: That would be a lot of fun and it would be so much better. Give them the month to train together and and figure out you know the best way to work together. Uh pick the be- like Dabo can coach cuz he's clearly the best coach out out of the other Teams. Who would be and your
1: starting quarterback? Would it be Ian Book or Trevor Lawrence?
0: Who? Or Kyler Murray?
1: Well, he's not in the playoff yet. Okay. Yeah. It's like he's going he, to be. He could be. You'd have nice depth at that position.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm just one a quarter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then figure out the fourth quarter after. I was got go the hot back, hand. Yes. Go back to them in the fourth quarter. Like that. That's a fun. To me, like, they, there's no way anybody's beating Alabama. So like, let's just do that. Give them a month, let them prep, and do, do that on January 7th.
1: That could be a fun sports radio topic as it gets closer to the game. We could I mean, decide Alabama, who's the starting Alabama lineup.
0: Alabama might still win, but <laughs> do that game instead.
1: <laughs> Play that game. It'll be much better. All right, we do want to remind you about Central New York's uh, number 1 holiday tradition, and that's the Wegmans Lights on the Lake presented by the Syracuse-area Honda Dealers and the Upstate Golisano Children's Hospital. Uh, the drive through uh, runs from, it's already open, until uh, Sunday, January 6th. We have a, a, a pass to give away right now. So fourth caller at 315-437-7644. Uh, going to Lights on the Lake on us. we got to take a timeout. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.